Hey, you guys, and welcome to the Steel Wars Hyper Chat. I am Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. As I adjust my screen, Star Wars is adjusting today, as uh, we were blessed by the Brez, and Anthony Bresgan penned. A, uh, a very expansive article on the future of Star Wars in Vanity Fair, coupled with uh, Annie Leibovitz's photography with uh, a, a ton or four Star Wars characters on the cover of Vanity Fair. I um, had a little camera issue, so I'm starting a dad... Oh, I've got no sound... How is there no sound? Hmm. Sound works for me. VG, you're killing me. You got it on mute. Thank you, Sean Hoffman. Oh, my stars. I was about to pull it apart. But um, anyway, um... Let's get things going. VG, you totally threw me off. Cutting room floor is with me. He can hear. Sam Gauvin, he can hear. VG, all right, VG can hear now. Jesus. Blah, VG, you're killing me today. I've got to tell you, trying to pull things together. Help me. Help me. Please. Please help me. Um, but we are going to go through the article there is info or confirmations on release dates. And uh, there's some pretty compelling quotes. Some of which I'm like, what? I, what? Did you? S nah. Okay. That's what you thought? Okay. So, um, oh, VG says sorry. Sorry, VG. I didn't mean to like, uh, you know, I don't want, I don't want VG to uh, have to suffer. The, um, the, the, the horriblest of YouTube woes. I'm majorly checked right now. I don't want that for you. I don't want that. I, I, I want you just to be... I'm super excited to see what you and your team created. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to check out what um, Bresnikan and Co. created. Star Wars The Rebellion will be televised. An exclusive look at the master plan for Obi-Wan Kenobi with Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Andor with Diego Luna, Ahsoka with Rosario Dawson, and a fleet of new shows. New shows is coming out of hyperspace. Around the Death Star. Which I, I guess is the internet, maybe? I don't know. There's something going on there. Um, oh, this is very interesting. Danny Space Gaga says, hello there. I just wanted to say I was listening to the Around the Galaxy cast podcast with you and I searched for you on YouTube and found that you are live at the moment. OMG. That is bizarre. James Hallahan is, uh, it's probably about 8am tomorrow in Australia. He's, um, he's listening in and, and Dave McKay is just very excited about Mon Mothma. And, and who can blame? Who can blame? 
Uh, let's get this cover up because it is something to bear witness. Window. Let's try this one. Look at the posse, huh? Like that is badass Star Wars. If you're just listening to the podcast, it's the Vanity Fair cover, Ahsoka, the Mandalorian, Kenobi, and Andor. Just, it looks like they're in a sick band. That would be a, that would be a badass band. Look at them. Look at them. And look at this down the bottom. This is pretty sick. Like, Annie Leibovitz is a, a star, you know, she's an iconic photographer for Vanity Fair, but in, in for Star Wars fans, her, her photos are iconic for that reason. But um, it's cool to have on the cover with the credit to her exclusive photos by Annie Leibovitz and then story by Anthony Bresnikan. Cover credit for the Brez. Getting his due. What a good dude. Um, all right, let's hock into it. And if, if people have uh, thoughts or comments, then um, just hit us in the comments and we'll get to them. You can super chat and we'll discuss whatever you want to ch- discuss. Um, uh, James Hallahan says, am I the only one whose mind went Star Wars? Oh, went Star Wars timeline continuity. Could they all be in the same place at the same time? Yeah, sadly they couldn't, but um, that's like like most great supergroups. But I, I like this at the start, and we're going to sort of run through it, and I feel like this is a good way for people that maybe don't have time to, to read the article or um, also... And, and they don't get to read the article and have my uh, amazing uh, commentary in between lines and my mispronunciation of r- words. It's going to be great. Um, hey, Christopher, he says, hello there. Hope you're doing well. And uh, very funny uh, Star Wars reference. World Between Worlds has some major blue tint these days. Sean Hoffman, very, very good. Um, there's nothing better than that. Star Wars reference. Oh, yeah. So this is how the article starts. And I love this. Bresnikan is a great writer. And... Um, the way he can compact all this info into a like a compelling narrative and really sort of paint a picture uh, with an engaging uh, sort of opening uh, passages, you've got to give it up to the guy. Diego Luna couldn't trust the driver. He didn't think he could trust anybody. And hadn't, and hadn't he read something about an ec- epidemic of eavesdroppers hacking phones? That was just my paranoia, the actor says now, not connected to reality. Still, he pressed his phone so tightly to his ear that it made his face hot. Hot phone face, zero buys, zero buys on that. Um, As a voice from thousands of miles away told him secrets from another galaxy, the car was stuck in traffic on the top tier of a double-decker highway in Mexico City. I was speaking in code words because I was trying not to say too much in my in the car, says Luna. Dude, you should have been speaking in code words to get into character. Woo! Diego. Got look, secret secret plans. Gotta keep it on the down low. 
the words he was avoiding most strenuously were star and wars. <laughs> Uh, Luna had played the Dauntless... Dauntless! Where are you getting these words from? Has anyone heard... In the chat, anyone heard Dauntless before? I think we just got Bresnikant. Uh, Rebel spy Cassian Andor in the 2016 film Rogue One. Now on the other end of the phone was Tony Gilroy. Oh, that Gilroy! With his truth bombs and opinions and casual attitude to Star Wars who punched up the movie script for reshoots. Gilroy, whose credits are... Da, 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 da. Um, the first time he heard the full plan to the Andor story happened more than three years ago. One thing I remember from being part of this since day one is how little you can share of what happens, says the actor. I have kids, man. It's painful for them. And me. <laughs> um... Then they go into Lucas's attempt to do a live-action Star Wars Underworld. Um, Disney bought the company, la, la, la. Then they get into the, um, you know, The Mandalorian came out. All was good. Book of Boba Fett. Eh, I didn't really mention that. Um, very little on the Book of Boba Fett in this. But um, it then changes to... First up is Ewan McGregor's return to his role as the wary Jedi Master in Exile. Obi-Wan Kenobi debuts May 27th, tracking the character 10 years into his time on the desert world of Tatooine, where he serves as a distant guardian to young Luke Skywalker and is hunted by a dark side inquisitor named Reva. Does Luke know that Obi-Wan's sitting out on that cliff with the binoculars? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You've got to think, like, just based off A New Hope, he doesn't, or he doesn't remember, which I'd rather he just doesn't know, because not remembering is sort of like, eh, eh, eh. You know, like it's possible, but it's not ironclad. Uh, Space Gaga, Danny, says, I don't think so from episode four. Hamlet agrees with me. Thank you, Christopher. Um, Luna's Spy Saga Andor hit screens late this summer. Season three of The Mandalorian, you're reuniting Pezzeri Pedro Pascal's helmeted gunfighter with his little green ward uh, drops in 2022 or early 2023, which is when you expect a, uh, a Mandoverse show. Is, uh, you know, you think you're going to at least get to watch an episode. This is my expectation that I will get to watch an episode before the end of the year, before New Year's. So, um,. That's uh, good to know. Next year, Rosario Dawson will lead the series Ahsoka, playing the live-action version of a fan-favorite force wielder from, from animation who was once an apprentice to Anakin Skywalker. Slightly further off is the Acolyte, 
with a tale set about a century before the era of the Skywalkers. Uh, then it jumps back to Luna. Um, there's a few quotes here. This is from his conversation with Tony Gilroy. He says, it's the, ju- it's the journey of a migrant, he says. The feeling of having to move is behind this story, very profoundly and very strong, that shapes you as a person. It defines you in many ways and what you are willing to do. Killing a dude because he, he had a limp. There's some stormtroopers on the way. I guess that would, that would, that it all fits in. Hey, you know, not here judging, not here judging. Um, Sam Galvin says, I wonder if Bad Batch will overlap with any of these shows. I don't think so. I think that's a really bad idea. I think that's like, like judging off my interest in Star Wars and what I can focus in, bad idea bad idea it would it would it would backseat the bad batch severely for me and i'm on the internet talking about star wars that's that's all i'm you know it's all i'm gonna say about that now this is good news particularly if you're Catherine neen the number one andor fan in the world Um, Gilroy breathes deep and reveals a little more about Andor. This guy gave his life for the galaxy, right? I mean, he consciously, soberly, without vanity or recognition, sacrificed himself. Who does that? He asks. That's an excellent way to, um, put that into context. Um, that's where his first, oh yeah, this is, this is the thing for Catherine. That's what this first season is about. That's what this first season is about. And or season two confirmed, you guys. Chomp on that. So, um, that's, that's not said without, uh, a not so hidden message, I think. But that's sick. Love it. I want to get onto some characters and 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 stay with them for a bit. Stay with them for a bit. Uh Devish says, What if Bad Batch was over a Marvel show? Fine by me. I doesn't I'm um I haven't seen the last two. So for me, like just basing my I, I think you can run concur- concurrent. But they I I feel like they've done that before. I feel like there's been Marvel and like either a cartoon or like what if maybe. But anyway. Why won't that go away? Um, so that's sick. Andor season two. And uh, I think the episode count is like 12 or something. So I, it's, yeah, I, it's, that'd be cool to get in juicy a bit longer term over some seasons um, to balance out like Kenobi, which is just like, uh, but I do think there's going to be a Kenobi sequel. I, um, yeah, I, I think this comes up, but I'm, I'm convinced it's coming. Whether, whether you asked for it or not, whether we need it or not, it's coming. Um, the show focuses on the, enigmatic rebel leader Mon Mothma played by Genevieve O'Reilly who's 
killing it in the photo. She looks great. Um, it's it, it, it's such like a, a good sort of middle ground for Mon Mothma, uh, who portray and and seeing more of her finally. Uh, you know, Genevieve has sort of been in and out <laughs> of um, the role. It'll be cool to see her, uh, you know, do a couple seasons. It says about how she was the one that said many Bothans died to bring us information. For those normies out there, this is cool. Luna remembers the conversation in the car as the moment he was all in. At the end, Gilroy said to me, you want to take this risk with me, man? It's you and I from beginning to end. Spoiler alert, says the actor. It was like you'd been recruited to join a rebel force. I was like, yes, of course, man. Yes. Then reality set in. What did I just say? This will be happening in London. My life is in Mexico. Holy censored. What have I done? Uh, Devish wants to know if we've gotten to Alden's disrespect yet. No, we have not. I've got thoughts, buddy. A lot of them. But um, I, I feel like I'm just going to do it in the uh, order of the of the article. And then uh, we can save it for then. Otherwise, I'll miss stuff. Now, um, it's a theme that binds all new all the new shows. Devotion. What's unique about Star Wars is that... That where one story basically, says Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy, George was always dealing with episodes. Ironically, he was serializing his storytelling. He was influenced by Flash Gordon and cliffhangers on Saturdays at movie theatres. All of that informed what the DNA of Star Wars is, which is why it's just organic that we made the transition to television. It's just sweet you're on TV. <laughs> Like, yes, it fits, but uh, I don't know. It's I guess it's that soundbite, um, you know, things to say. Um, the transition was not an obvious pivot for an empire built on movies. When she took over Lucasfilm in 2012, Kennedy's primary goal was to rejuvenate Star Wars with the new era of films after a trilogy of prequels that underwhelmed many fans. Few producers were better poised to do that, given her legacy, da-da-da-da-da, Force Awakens. Uh, Ryan Johnson's sequel, 2017's Last Jedi, continued the Skywalker saga as it became to known, to be known, but veered sharply from Abrams' vision and seemed to close off some central storylines. Now... I have seen people criticizing Anthony for he, he's sort of stoking the flames of the, you know, there's a few very touchy quotes that we'll get to. And uh, I, I sort of don't think so, but like, I, I, I totally disagree. I think he's just reporting what people said and that's things of interest. And um, if some people don't like those things, I, like, it's just like, that's what was said. I don't think anything's like sort of quoted, um, without responsibility sort of thing. Am I saying the right words here? But um, yeah, I would debate that uh, it veered sharply from Abram's vision and seemed to close off some central storylines. It did, I, I, I can see how it did close off some storyline. I, I, but I feel like the closure, like say Luke dying, sort of grew more storylines. 
and it should have been a and and uh, a more of a improv like oh we're working with this and moving forward anyway that be that abrams u-turned when he returned for 2019's final chapter the rise of skywalker taking over episode nine in late development the movies all earned bazil billions but the zigzagging narrative was conspicuous true that i can agree on that uh kathleen kennedy goes on all this led to the hiatus uh, we all reorganized every single one of us that this new chapter for the company and we needed to all work together to create the architecture for where we were going. Love it. Positive outcome out of an issue. Bang. I, I feel like that's the right um, remedy to the situation. Now, uh, factor in the standalone movies, Rogue One and Solo. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, this is the most important lesson they'd learned with this was Star Wars requ- required a greater degree of professional devotion from the filmmakers. Anyone who comes into the Star Wars universe needs to know it's a three, four, five year commitment. That's what it takes. You can't step in for a year and shoot something, then walk away. It requires that kind of nurturing. Hallelujah. Feeling it, you know, and um, totally agree. It, it took George Lucas, the person that invented Star Wars three years, then with like a decade and a half break to um, make Star Wars films. And and, and definitely the, 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 the rush into it, like they... Uh, you know, maybe in the long term they'd make more money, but up front they made like a ton of cash putting out those billion dollar films every year and along with everything that um that comes with it. But I, I, I do think that the rush did take a toll once you got to episode three, episode episode nine, three of the prequel, whatever, sequel. This bit's interesting because I've always wondered this. And uh, Danny says, I love that they finally realize that they need time. Um, very, very true. And I, I think they were always fighting the time to trying to get more time. And like, it was more like Bob Iger at that level that was pushing for like, we need to bang these out on, on the dates. And then, and we'll talk about this. We'll talk, we'll save that for solo. I'll talk about the dates for solo. Cause once we get to the olden quote. Um, yeah, I was always interested in this. Anyway, after meeting at Kennedy's office in Santa Monica, I always wondered where she worked. <laughs> like, does she work in, in San Francisco? Was she like in, um, like over in the Valley, but, uh, in Santa Monica with that sea breeze just up the road from, uh, JJ. Anyway, uh, after that meeting, Favreau started to work even without a contract. I just started writing, he says. So by the time I was officially hired, I'd already written the first, I think, four episodes. But there was a problem. Favreau's idea was about a Mandalorian. And then blah, blah, blah. Like, excellently written, but I won't read it all out. But then you had the uh, the Mandalorian uh, sort of conceiver expander with the Clone Wars Dave Filoni. And it says that... Kathleen got Filoni and Favreau on a on a play date. Uh, 
she says, and they got along sparkingly and they had just creative Star Wars debates and exchanges. I think they'd actually met before. I, I, I think they were already friends. Yeah, they were because he did the Paz Vizsla or whatever that character's name in the Clone Wars because they met in Skywalker Ranch when he was up there doing Iron Man or something. But, um, you know, there's, yeah, I guess you missed that bit for brevity. You know, it's, it's, you know, you can't, don't hate the play, don't hate the game, whatever. Um, and it does go into is sort of pretty interesting stuff about the, the debate about uh, Grogu and Baby Yoda, Filoni being very hesitant to um, delve into the Yodas due to their mysterious nature and respecting George's Yoda and all that good stuff. And, but they, they zeroed in on it. It says there was never a, uh, a chance there. I like this line. There was never an alternate creature suggestion. It's not like we may have gotten a crustacean baby Akbar on lunchboxes, dolls, backpacks, and t-shirts. Uh, and we may have never gotten a child at all if Lucasfilm hadn't solved another even bigger problem with The Mandalorian. How to create a show that goes to new worlds in every episode without the backbreaking budgetary demands of a shipping crew, uh, of a shipping a crew to the farthest reaches of our planet. We were making a series that was meant to sit alongside our films with a third of the budget and half the time. This is Carrie Beck. Uh, while it became a huge success, I feel like everybody's blood, sweat, and tears are on that screen. And again, speeding through that uh, blood, sweat, and tears, probably after the first two seasons, take a take a break. Don't push out that book of Boba Fett straight away. Mend your wounds. Wipe up your sweat, your tears. Sam says, uh, can we still get a baby Akbar in the new season? Like baby Akbar in a nice sweater. That's delightful. Oh, everyone wants baby Akbar. Here we go. All right. All the baby Akbar fans out there. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. Uh, goes into all the volume stuff. Um, there's an interesting story about they were up at ILM and James Cameron came in to visit, uh, working on an Avatar sequel in a water tank. Woo! Straight fresh from Navi's. And then um, he went in to check in the, uh, check out the, the, the visual results of the volume. And um, this is great. I remember distinctly Jim taking off his glasses and leaning close to look at the quality of the image and how convincing it was. I think for everybody, that afternoon was the eureka moment because it was working. It's working! Cameron approved. Uh, and then, there, I, I, I find this fascinating as well because I've always wondered what it'd be like. Um, on the volume, Bresnikan says, there's less clutter than other sets and virtually no dust. There's no smell of fresh paint, sculptured foam, or freshly cut lumber. The volume has a sterile ozone scent of a Best Buy. As millions upon millions of tiny light-emitting diodes embedded in the curved surface evoke alien landscapes, Favreau shows off the stage like a man opening the hood of a newly restored classic car. Does everyone think of Jay Leno, then? Uh, asked if the technology allows him to make a full season of television in, same, in the same time as a Star Wars or a Marvel movie, Favreau shakes his head. No, it's like half the time. <laughs> 
again, when anything's quicker, I don't necessarily go like that. But, you know, it lessens the budget, which makes them able to make these TV shows. So, I know, I know, I know. Um, and then it there's some cuts back to Obi-Wan. And he says, after the, the panning of The Phantom Menace in reviews, McGregor says it was hard because it was such a huge decision to do them. It was such a big event. It was quite difficult for all of us to deal with that. Also knowing you've got a couple more to do. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Couple more to do is brutal. <laughs> um, that's, that's like when you're going on a holiday and it's such a long drive and it's like, oh, that drive. And then it's like, oh, I've got to do it to get back as well. Uh, and then it says that uh, he introduced a, a marathon screening of every Star Wars film at the El Capitan, and that sort of made him realize it was fun. Uh, kids who'd grown up with the prequels weren't as cynical as the critics. A few rev- reviewers even begun to reappraise them too. People loved him as Obi-Wan, which made McGregor realize that he did too. <laughs> that's like I say that in a real sarcastic tone because that's how I read things, I guess. But um, there's a, there's a lovely message there, a lovely message. Um, and then it goes into they're going to make Obi Wan as a film. Then a TV series, Disney Plus, whatever, with Deborah Chow. But there remained one missing component: McGregor's prequel co-star Hayden Christensen had been Anakin Skywalker, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, in early iterations of the Obi-Wan in Exile story, Vader wasn't included. Now, Michelle Rajuan says, she's an executive producer on Obi-Wan, we have these what-if conversations 24-7. It's fun to, in your head... Uh, pursue the Star Wars toy store. Oh, we could have this character or feature that shit, but at the end of the day, we really need to keep it pure about why. Now this, get a documentary crew in for this one, you guys. In the fall of 2019, so this is just before The Rise of Skywalker came out. And The Mandalorian wouldn't have been out then. In the fall of 2019, Chow sat in Christensen's living room. Now, where is that? Is that that up in Coover? Is he up in Canada? Where is he hanging out? Asking him to return as the fearsome tyrant in the galaxy, as the most fearsome tyrant in the galaxy. Logs cracked, crackled in the fireplace. A cup of herb, lemon, and ginger tea steamed in Chow's cup. Vader, she told Christensen, would add a new dimension. 
that could ultimately reframe the way fans look at their classic duel in the original movie. That's beautiful. At the time of the meeting, it had been 14 years since Revenge of the Sith. Seems longer, doesn't it? And the actor assumed his galactic glory days were done. He was happy to be wrong. Harrison Ford told me, personally, in an interview, that he was happy to be wrong, that he was done with Star Wars. Uh, this is a character that has come to define my life in so many ways, he says. I was originally hired to play a very specific portion of this person's life. Most of my work was with Anakin, and now I get to come back and explore the character of Darth Vader. A lot of my conversations with Deborah were about wanting to convey this feeling of strength, but also coupled with imprisonment. Oof. Love it! There is this power and vulnerability, and I think that's an interesting space to explore. Explore on, Hayden. Explore on. Um... When Chow became the showrunner, she championed a rematch between Vader and Kenobi as the Lucasfilm brain trust mulled whether to go that route. Meanwhile, um, sound stages had been booked in England and then cancelled as the story underwent more internal scrutiny. I seem to remember that story, talking about how sound stages had been cancelled. Um, part of Chow's successful perspective on why Vader and Kenobi should face each other again may surprise even the most ardent Star Wars fan. Now, I have to say, Deborah Chow and um, Dallas Howard, they're, they're two of my favourite people to hear talk about Star Wars and, like, the, those, like, just on those chats and stuff. Like, 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 Favreau is sort of good, but kind of expected sort of thing there there his view and and Filoni is he's fine he's got the hat on do you know what I mean <laughs> that is Filoni and uh, I I love their like their interpretation of it but um for me across the prequels the original trilogy through the original trilogy there's a love story dynamic with those two that goes through the whole thing Chow says I hope Emily Lind is listening to this. I felt like it was quite hard to not include the person who left Kenobi in such anguish in the series. What intrigued her was the idea that despite what Vader had become, Kenobi still, still Kenobi might still care deeply about him. That's fascinating that is fascinating like you think about that you know you have someone that you love they're part of your family and then they go awry in like you know this is a pretty extreme way but um you know sci-fi fantasy is a blow up of our real life to um make us relate and yeah while you're just like i yeah that that that, that mixed feeling of, of like, yeah, I'm done, but like, like you got anguish about it. You remember the good times. Uh, she says, I don't know how you could not, she says. I don't think he ever will not care about him. Because that's interesting when, like we talk about like reframing the battle in uh, A New Hope. 
Like, I, I don't think... I watched that battle with original trilogy eyes sort of thing. I don't lap... A, I, I don't really think that much about, like, Attack of the Clones when I'm watching that battle. But, yeah, and you guys probably... You guys maybe do. But, um, yeah, to think... Like, that they were sort of that, that big little brother relationship. And, you know, it would be hard to like have that happen with your brother Danny says great comment uh, glad you find, found us Danny uh, that is the most Star Wars thing I have heard no matter what love stays love it uh, Emily says oh, well, you, you talk about love story and Emily Lynn pops up uh, oh, the love story definitely stuck out to me. I think it's a good way to approach the thing. I, I, I had a, uh, a, a a script read today with Emily Lind for our um, our erotic fan fiction, which is part of our uh, live show at Celebration. So uh, just a, a quick little plug for that. There's a sizzle clip up on uh, on YouTube. So uh, check that out. And if you're going to Celebration, uh, Saturday night, it's going to be the best time. Tickets are on their way to selling out, which is pretty good. They're normally sold out before the con starts. And uh, there's a link attached below. So I just I just come across that and I was like, that, that's a good segue into a plug. Um, and Corey's on my shoulder. Hey, shout out, Corey. You're probably watching, buddy. You're the best. Stay up, my buddy. Stay up. Here's, uh, here's a little yoju for you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what's special about the relationship is that they loved each other. That's like, I, I, I'm to terms with the rematch of the century because they've done it. So I'm just like, oh, do it well. Convince me it was a great idea. But that is... Um, like pursuing that idea is that's the best reason to do it ever. So pretty stoked on that. And Emily says, still is a harsh editor. So many studio notes, a lot of studio notes. Each one's uh, worse than the next. Uh, Droid Herder says, can't, can just imagine Kenobi first realizing Anakin is alive after thinking he died and the rush of emotions from guilt to hope to fear. This was a great story to tap into. What about this? Like, are they going to delve into the fact that he could have just killed him? Like, he walked off. Like, dent head done story by george lucas whatever uh <laughs> sean says your neighbor really likes that leaf blower it's la uh wait there i'll close the door um can i have i got anything to put on why do that i should have loaded up an ad that would have been sick what videos have i got here i'm i'm gonna close the door um Let's let's relive the the true rematch of the century with with Aunt Beru 
and Uncle Owen. This might not work for the podcast uh, listener, but I'm going to shut the door. This will be the rematch of the century. Ah, oh, nail biting. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Now, then it goes into Ahsoka. I'm going to probably, there's not much going in. There's cool stories about how she um, FaceTime people in costume to um, let, her, let them know, which is quite opposite to... Um, to Diego at the start of the story. And yeah, it sort of just goes into um, the the background of that show appearing Disney Plus 2023. Um, it's probably going to be about um, Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, how, yeah, to conclude, you know, follow up on the Rebel series. So we, if you listen to this, you probably know all about this. So I, I'm just going to skip forward because um, I, I do have to jam out on a, a at a fixed time. Now, um, to keep minting fans, Lucasfilm must give new generations their own collection of characters to love and hate. And not every classic character can be brought back endlessly anyway. Bresnikan, speak it, buddy. Kennedy is well aware of all this now. In The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, Mark Hamill, 70, delivered performances as 30-something Luke Skywalker. But younger actors played Luke's body while advanced deepfake technology replaced the face. Bringing Luke to life, bringing Luke to life is now a team sport, but that tech has its limitations. So does recasting. The 2018 movie Solo explored Han Solo's younger years with Alden Ehrenreich taking on the role of smuggler of the smuggler originated by Harrison Ford. A little little tidbit, Alden Ehrenreich used to live next to where I used to live a couple streets over when I lived a couple streets over, but we didn't live there at the same time. Oh, what could have oh like what a friendship could have grown. Anyway, uh, the film has its admirers, but it, is, it made less at the box office than any other live-action Star Wars movie. Solo swagger may be too singular for another actor to replicate. And this is from Kathleen Kennedy. There should be moments along the way when you learn things. And, 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 and in this article, like they've come out with some great deductions. This one, I totally disagree with. Now it seems so abundantly clear that we can't do that. And that means recast actors. And I I don't know. Out of all the things that like Solo went under, I I don't think Alden as Han is in the top three. Um, just like the comment by itself that you can't recast characters is ironic. Um Or is Sir Alec Guinness portraying Obi-Wan Kenobi in Obi-Wan? Because that's a recast, yeah? But it just went for so long that now we don't even think about it. It's it's like we accept it. And, you know, like, solo, weird promotion with The Last Jedi in December. Um, 
straight after The Last Jedi, same time as like, what was it, Infinity War and some other big film. I And, and also just not having it at, at the Christmas spot. And like, that's sort of like one package. And the, 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 all the disjointed vibe of the film with the, the two sets of directors and the two filmings. Like when you, I watched it recently and I, I can, I enjoy it, but I don't think it's up to the quality of every other star Wars film, like including the rise of Skywalker, which is my least favorite star Wars film. Like, I feel like it's, it, it it's, like I feel like it's presented better than Solo. Um, yeah, when I watch it, it it does seem like what I would expect Star Wars TV to be like. So I yeah I I just don't think the like the thing to learn out of coming um, out of like out of Solo is that the recasting didn't work. And if if you put Alden Ehrenreich in in one of these like like in Andor or something like just even if he's not in it for that long, like I reckon people would pop huge, pop huge. And I I think like with like looking at Marvel recently and the like the box office and stuff i i like i feel like if solo like like clicked it was like a great film like 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 the guardians of the galaxy film sort of does it better um like a solo-esque adventure then like you know business would have grown from word of mouth but it 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 just i i just don't think it's olden ehrenreich at all um yeah, because I was like Doctor Strange, like they're saying how um, it's not doesn't have much staying power, like the dips really quick compared to like Spider Man No Way Home, and I, I I don't know, I feel like now it's like with Marvel films, they are gonna be more of a front loaded first weekend sale because people just want to be surprised and not be spoiled by the internet, and it's just like I just gotta get to see it now before I, the, the Twitter ruins it. But um, yeah, James says he'd pop huge for uh, Solo. Uh, then it juts to the Acolyte. Uh, Leslie Headland has been planning it for two years, mostly from the confines of her home, um, which again, planning. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Headland says it takes place roughly 100 years before The Phantom Menace. A lot of those characters haven't even been born yet. We're taking a look at the political and personal and spiritual things that come up in a time period that we don't know much about yet. My question when watching The Phantom Menace was always like, well, did these things get to this? How did things get to this point? How do we get to the point where a Sith Lord can infiltrate the Senate and none of the Jedi pick up on it? Like, what went wrong? What scenarios that led us to this moment? Uh, she describes it as a mystery thriller set in a prosperous and seemingly peaceful era when the galaxy is still sleek and glistening. Oh. Can't wait for those toys two years after it comes out. Uh, and then 
here's another bomb. Um, another series on the horizon. Doesn't even have a title, just a code name, Grammar Rodeo. A reference to an episode of The Simpsons in which Bart and his schoolmates steal a car and run away for a week. Um, I don't know if I read that bit out. It's post-Return of the Jedi reconstruction that follows the fall of the Empire. It's when it takes place. The same as The Mandalorian. The plot is secret, but it's produced by director... It's created and executive produced by director John Watts and writer Chris Ford, who made Spider-Man Homecoming for Marvel, and John Watts did all the Spider-Man, the new trilogy. Uh, a casting notice has been called for four children around 11 to 12 years old. Inside Lucasfilm, the show has been described as a galactic version of classic Amblin coming-of-age adventure films of the 80s. Um, scary thing about this is four 12-year-olds... But this John Watts dude, he made some bloody good Spider-Man films. <laughs> so, and, you know, he was you know, dealing with teenage characters, but he did a very good job with them. Very good job. Um, <laughs> um, Devish says, John Watts needs to find a style. I don't know what that means. Um, I'm not a... As, that deep into cinema as as some but um that is fascinating and you know there had been rumors about this grammar radio rodeo that it was going to be in um the high republic era and that maybe like you know i don't know if it was rumor or rumor coupled with speculation but um that yoda would be with the the four kids but if it's post Return of the Jedi, is CGI Luke about to come back? And we've got Squatty Luke on the screen from uh, I think it's Battlefront. So he doesn't look that bad in the show. He actually looks quite good in the show. I just wish they'd get a human to voice him. But you know I have my tastes. And you know I've got my Return of the Jedi lightsaber just here. I've got my Luke Skywalker figures. If these four young Padawan get to hang out with CGI Luke once in a while, there'll be detractors. I know you're out there, probably in the comments. But it won't be as enriching as an actor. Like, I think it's a way better way to go is to have an actor, if they were going to have Luke with these four, but um, but I'll still take it. I'll still take it. Now, Kathleen says we have a roadmap. Lucasfilm's big screen return is unlikely to follow the same relentless cadence as before. Um, Tucker Watiti will likely arrive first. Rogue Squadron is further off with Patty Jenkins. Um, is it true that Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige will produce a Star Wars film? This is a really odd reply. I would love to see what movie he may have he might come up with. Kennedy says, but right now, no, there isn't anything specifically. Now Bresnikin. <laughs> 
coming through with the number one question in Star Wars for the past half a decade. And that trilogy from The Last Jedi's Ryan Johnson that was announced five years ago. Backburned. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy says, Ryan has been unbelievably busy with Knives Out and the deal that he made at Netflix for multiple movies. Now that does fit in with the whole approach that you've got to, it's three years, let's go. Um, but who knows? At least it got mentioned. At least it got mentioned. And then finally, let's wrap it up uh, with this final quote. And before I do, I really appreciate it if you're watching on YouTube to give it a thumbs up. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments. We're about to drop some serious content. I've been working on these some new types of shows um, that I've recorded. It's probably about 10 or 12 and they're... It's going to be good fun and uh, they're going to go up after Celebration and and then we'll have tons of stuff from Celebration as well. So subscribe whether on iTunes or your podcatcher or YouTube or if you just saw this video on Twitter, maybe, hey, shout out if you're watching this video on Twitter right now or, fa or Facebook, sorry, sorry. So um, do all that. That would be great. And then it ends with this. Um, on March 19, Kennedy and Lucas received the Milestone Award from the Producers Guild of America. Something happened to her while watching the video montage. The clips of the pair over the decades included a shirtless Lucas. Wow. In a squirt gun battle with Steven Spielberg. And Kennedy and Lucas joking around in a production disrupting downpour. What I was so taken with was how much fun we were having, she says. It amounted to this moment of realisation. I do think a little bit of fun has gone out of making these gigantic movies. I, I, I could completely relate. Um, the business, the stakes, everything that's been infused in the last 10 years or so. There's a kind of spontaneity and good time that we have to be careful to preserve. I keep holding on to it. It better be fun. And then Bresnikan ends with the line, after more, after more than 50 years with Lucasfilm navigating a new path, that's a good load star to follow as any. So there you go. Devesh says, boo, give me that Ryan Johnson trilogy. Um, me too, buddy. One day, one day. This is interesting. Uh, Sean Hoffman says, make an animated show based on super buff action figures from the 90s. That's... I, I could... I would like to write on it. Can I write on it? Can I be a writer? Because then we'll do it. Because I've got some ideas for Dash. And uh, Emily says, with a sweet plug, um, hope to see you all at Celebration Party on Saturday night. I do have to say, um, even if you're by yourself, we... Give name badges to everyone. Um, hello, my name is. And so people have an easy way to chat. You can spot people's names from across that you might not know what they look like from Twitter or from podcasts. And it's a super um, like it, like fun vibe. And uh, with five hours, I've got plenty of time to sort of interact, muck around, meet everyone. And um, so, yeah, if you are either like in the Anaheim area 
and and not going or uh, are going to celebration Saturday night seven till twelve um, tickets just down there it's going to be the best it's going to be the best um, and Mando Raw says looking forward to seeing most of you at the celebration party yep another Aussie will be there but still come everyone else let's not over Australian I I know we're a lot to take well I am anyway. Um, yeah, so that is pretty interesting. A lot of stuff, uh, set in stone and I'm, I'm kind of stoked that we got like a good Star Wars chunk of, uh, thing to talk about, um, this close to celebration. Pretty pumped, but I feel like the show, as I do have an appointment right now online, has gone on long enough. So, may that force be with you. Ryan Johnson Trilogy Forever. Come on. Come on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 